Welcome to CouncilCast, a new podcast series from the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers. I'm Cheryl Matochik, the Council's Senior Vice President of Strategic Resources and Initiatives and head up uh, the Employee Benefits and Healthcare Business Intelligence Division of the Council. Our CouncilCast guest today is Kate Begley, Senior Vice President and Head of Sales at Health Advocate. Health Advocate is a leading U.S. national health advocacy, patient advocacy, and assistance company, and it really serves um, you know, a wide spectrum of folks. They have about 11,500 clients and 40-plus million people, um, and really they're serving them in a number of ways, offering a spectrum of services to help employers, employees, and consumers navigate the healthcare system and facilitate interactions with insurers and providers. Um, it's a privately held company, a Health Advocate. It was founded in 2001 by former Edna executives and is headquartered in uh, Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, Health Advocate employs, you know, just for example, registered nurses, medical directors, and benefit specialists who really address a, a range of health care and health insurance issues. So, you know, just to get a little bit more specific, they have personal health advocates helping, you know, members locate providers, address errors on medical bills, answer questions about coverage denials, and assist with insurance appeals. Um, so Kate's, you know, with us today, which is wonderful. Um, it, um, great to take this opportunity to sit down with her and dive into a little bit what, what's been going on at the company. Um, Kate's responsible for sales strategy and the sales growth of the organization and oversees the, the account management team as well um, and their vast uh, network of distribution partners. So, you know, Kate has a, has a long, uh, long career in the health insurance space. Uh, work before Health Advocate, she worked in a range of senior positions at Aetna and really led their specialty sales division with responsibility for life, disability, dental, and vision. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Kate. And I, I thought we'd just kick off. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about what is unique um, about Health Advocate's core business, a little bit about the scope of the company's capabilities. You guys do a range of different things um, for employers, employees, and consumers. And, you know, it's sort of where, where the company is in, the, in its life cycle. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, thank you, Cheryl. I'm Absolutely. thrilled to be here. Um, you know, so when I joined Health Advocate, um, I think what I found to be, I, I guess, is refreshing is the fact that it's a high-touch personalized service. And so, you know, in today's automated high-tech world, sure, I think this is one place where having someone who can pick up the phone with some compassion and say, how can I help you, without having to jump through a bunch of prompts is a really wonderful thing. Um, you know, the people who call us, it's usually as a last resort, you know, many mm-hmm. times, um, you know, they just found out that someone in their family was diagnosed with a serious illness, and they went on the web, and they talked to friends, and they talked to doctors, and they're confused. They don't know where to turn, or they have a $5,000 balance bill, mm-hmm. and they don't know where to go. They've called the health plan. They've called the doctors. They can't get it resolved. They're stressed. They're frustrated. They're upset, and to call us and not be sent through a bunch of prompts and have someone there who says, we're going to help you, we're going to make this okay, is something that is to me, invaluable. And it's, it's something that we offer at a very low cost to the employer. And so I think for the member, you know, it's a true health concierge. And, you know, when they started the program 15 years ago, um, the intent really was if you have a claim problem, you have a benefit problem, or if you need some clinical assistance in either finding a provider or understanding a health diagnosis, they're mm-hmm. going to be there to help you and help you navigate the healthcare system. Um, you said, you know, like, how has it evolved? You know, it's really gone from someone 
resolving an emergency room bill. You know, we called the doctor and we found out it was coded wrong and got it paid correctly. And the member's happy. They went away. They're happy. We were happy. It all worked out well. Employer was thrilled. You know, they weren't having to deal with an upset employee. Um, but how it's changed is really we've educated our advocates to ask the right questions. So now when they see that emergency room bill and they see it's a child who had asthma, they're asking a few more questions. And what they might find out is the mother said, well, I, I couldn't afford you know, the new inhaler that was prescribed. And then we're gonna help them figure out another way to be able to get that prescription filled. Or we might say, hey, did you know that your health plan has a chronic management program for asthma? Can we help you connect with that program? So we really have gone from a transactional to a clinical resolution of an issue and help that member in a very non-intrusive way you know, be able to get better health and, and more productivity for their lives. You know, they can take a claim to us and we're gonna say, we're gonna take that from you or if it's that diagnosis I was talking about. Sure. We can say, all right, for your mom, you know, you've told us what the issue is, let us do some research and we're gonna get back to you. And we're gonna get back to you when it's convenient for you. Right? right, and so now that person can go back to work, and that's really the value that the employers see, right? The employer's like, okay, I get that, because right. they only can resolve those issues during the workday. So I think that evolution from the advocacy standpoint really went from something that was transactional and really helping resolving an issue to really taking that next step and trying to close a gap in care. Absolutely, I mean, I think yeah. that's the most important part of you know, the healthcare process is when a problem arises, who do you turn to? And, you know, in this digital age, as we move from analog to digital, you know, everybody's first, uh, first probably bad notion is to go online and, and Google search and WebMD everything, but to have a place to go that's part of your benefits program. And, you know, I think in this day and age, a lot of people think of, you know, technology or replacing the human aspect, but I've always thought about it as just a humanology component where you, you have technology sort of complementing, you know, what, what is the sort of, you know, most important part, though, of this equation is has always been that human compassion component and someone that you can really talk through issues especially when it comes to, you know, healthcare and medical issues. So I think it's, that's a, it's a really interesting, who, who do you guys in the marketplace, I mean, who was in this space, who do you guys compete with the most in the employer world um, that was doing patient advocacy work and wellness advocacy work um, prior to, to health advocates sort of really taking off in the space? So, you know, I think we may have been one of the first, it was like 15 sure. years ago. Now everyone is an advocate. <laughs> right. I will tell you, there are so many advocates out there. Um, I think one of the big advantages that we do have is just our scale. So a lot of, you know, there's a lot of handheld health concierge, right? right. And they're going to say, um, it, it could be a pricing transparency company, and they're going to say, you know, we're an advocate and we're going to engage people and we're going to get them to, you know, use all these different benefits. But I think the high-touch service, there are a handful of competitors out there, and they're all different models. You know, there's the accolades of the world, the quantums of the world. Um, you have the high-touch one, the high-tech ones, like the GIFs, mm -hmm. where they're not actually um, delivering the service, but they're engaging members to get to the different um, offerings that an employer has through an app. Gotcha. So, you know, there are different ways to approach it. Um, but I would say... Um, every advocacy organization out there you know they have a little bit of a different approach you know there's um 
companies that really specialize just in second opinion. There's companies that specialize uh, really in the doctor search and helping you resolve the claims. Uh, we have a very broad offering, so it really is the full spectrum from helping with the administrative to the clinical and helping, you know, if a member comes to us and they need a second opinion. Now, here's a great example. So um, today, very important is that people, they have high deductible health plans, employers want them to maximize right, their sure. benefits, so they're giving them pricing transparency tools. So Health Advocate S, we're our own pricing transparency tool, but we'll also help members figure out how to use the pricing transparency tool that maybe the health plan has, or maybe the employer bought what they thought is a best-in-class freestanding tool. But what ends up happening is the member, you know, once they find out, okay, here's a location I can go to, and here's something that I can afford, it's, we take it the next step. We say, okay, we found you a location, can we schedule an appointment for you? So we're getting them to take action. And then after they've gone, if they find out and they're diagnosed with something that's a little bit more serious and they do need a second opinion, then we're able to help them do that as well. And so I think, you know, you have the technology marriage with the high tech, with the right. high touch. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what the difference is. You know, having a tool on its own, it, it's hard to get people to go and use that tool. And I think right. that's what a lot of employers are finding. They're buying wellness programs, they're buying EAP programs, they're using great tools, technology is phenomenal, but they're getting no usage on it. And so, you know, that's one of the things that um, we have some other products that I can talk to you about that we're really helping to drive engagement into all of those tools. Yeah, it was, you know, as a follow-up question, I was going to ask you sort of what is one of the sort of the fastest growing area of the health advocacy sort of business mix right now. Um, obviously, one of the, the, you know, it's just on the national uh, spotlight and probably the next big uh, battle um, in Washington, D.C. is really going to be around prescription prescription drug, uh, especially drug pricing. Yeah. So I was curious, you know, are you, are you, do you handle a lot of medication management uh, calls where people are looking for, for advice around, you know, that component? What do you, what do you all do in that area? Yeah, so um, two questions, and I'll answer both of them. Sure. So absolutely. So we'll, um, So for that example of the member who couldn't afford their inhaler, you know, we're going to help them find a more cost-effective alternative to that. Um, but Great. we also, if we get the claims data from the employer, we are able to help, you know, find gaps in care and it, everything from, you know, doing biometric screenings for the employer taking that data, seeing who perhaps who have who are the hypertensive members of that group, sure, and seeing who was prior to that compliant with their drugs and who was not, and being able to do things like doing outreach to them with mailers to get them to be more compliant, or having a health coach work with them right after they get their screening to say, you know, you need to take the next step and see your physician to try to help close those gaps in care, but. But the big question of engagement, um, and probably the most popular thing I'm seeing employers asking for from Health Advocate is how can you help us drive engagement into all of these sure. different programs? And so one of the, the programs that we have, it's called Benefit Gateway, but it's more or less a super 800 number. <laughs> so <laughs> what the employers will do is they'll say to their employees, um, no matter what your health issue is, call this 800 number and you're going to work with your health 
health advocate and they're going to help get you the care you need or you know they're going to transfer you to the, the place that can help you we do it in two ways one if they have different vendors for wellness they have different vendors for eap we're going to learn everything about those vendors that we can and then when the member calls in and we identify that, hey, this member could use that asthma management program, we know the health plan has that, we're gonna connect with the individuals within that health plan to help the member get to that care. That's what we call our benefit gateway model. All the calls come through us. We have the claim status from the employer. So we also know that perhaps you're up for mammography and you haven't had one. <laughs> so after we help resolve whatever that issue was, we may say to you, hey, you know, we see you're up for a preventive visit. You know, do you have a location to go to? Can we help you find a provider? Can we help you schedule that appointment? So again, trying to help close those gaps in care. So when an employer gives us data, we have an educated health advocate that can really take the care to the next level. So that has worked really well. Um, employers then said to us, well, what about you offering wellness and, and employee assistance, et cetera? So we'll do it one of two ways. We'll have our Benefit Gateway 800 number where we'll work and really understand all of the different vendors and make sure people get to the right care at the right time, or they can offer all of this through Health Advocate. And so when they do that, they may be eliminating five or six or seven vendors. They're gonna have a lower cost, and on top of that, they're seeing higher engagement. And so that's what we call our empowered health model. It's more of a holistic, integrated solution. solution. Yeah. That's wonderful. I, I think, um... You know, one of the follow-up questions I have to that is, you know, what are some of the, you know, how have, has there been any reticence on the part of, you know, you talk about sort of a vast network of distributors that you work through. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the council represents the leading, you know, benefits brokers and consultants yes. in the country. Um, has there been any reticence on the part of any of those partner groups um, to really bring you guys in? Obviously, this is an area that can be a little bit, you know, sticky and, um so I was just curious, you know, describe some of the barriers or things that you've seen that have you've tried to overcome and have overcome and, and sort of how you're working, how the brokers and employee benefits consultants have, you know, responded to Health Advocate. Yeah, that's a great question. And I would have to say that the, the brokers and consultants really contributed to Health Advocate's growth and success. So I think they saw early on and as our productivity model they recognize that if employees were trying to resolve claims during the day, they probably weren't being very productive. Right. And so that very soon they, they were like, hey, this is a good thing, and we need to educate employers on the fact that this benefit is out there. Many brokers and consultants actually pay for us for their clients, which is really unique. But I think the bigger thing yes. today, you know, they're having to work with employers and make some really tough decisions. Employers are having to move to high-deductible health plans, for example. Sure. Right? Because yep. the health care costs are you know, rising, and even if they're slowing to a much lower pace, it's still an enormous amount of money that they're spending on benefits. And so when you move to a high-deductible health plan, you put in an HSA. That's going to help people. It's going to defray costs. Now, the employees are confused. HR department's going to be overwhelmed with questions. That's where they see us as a great partner. And we actually have what we're offered in most of the major exchanges. In some exchanges, we're embedded that we're absolutely offered to everyone who goes into the exchange and the reason for that is they need someone who can spend the time to explain what a high deductible is what right. the advantages of an HSA are why you know what's a, a narrow network and how does that work you know and so when we do a provider search we make sure the providers in network 
you know, we're explaining to the member, here's what your cost would be if you went here, here's what your cost would be if you went out of network, and, you know, here's the, the providers who can best take care of this Absolutely. certain condition. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, that's it's an important role. I mean, one of the things that we've, you know, been talking about, and I know a lot of our our brokers and, and consultants, um, but having you as part of this equation would even expedite sort of their 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 focus on creating and more health literacy and transparency in the process. And I think you know healthcare has gotten so complex um, in the last several years. It was complex before the Affordable Care Act. And um, I think you know with companies like yourself, that transparency piece um, really starts take. I mean, gosh. We we all know there we have a long way to go, um, but that's really one of the important things for as consumerization, you know, kind of you know grows. That's the important piece for people to get comfortable. So I can completely see why you know obviously in the exchanges and in other consumer-driven models that uh, health advocate you know that's been sort of a target uh, segment for you guys. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned wellness and you know. I, one of the things, you know, workplace wellness programs, you know, they vary in the services and activities they include. You know, about three in ten large employers use incentives to encourage employees to participate. You know, and depending on those programs' characteristics, we all know there's a lot of different federal rules that, that apply. And, you know, just a couple weeks ago, I think everyone was waiting with bated breath to see what the EEOC would say in their final regulations that they would release um, basically looking to change um, standards applicable to certain workplace wellness programs that use incentives to encourage uh, workers and their spouses to provide personal health information. So I was just curious, you know, what your take um, and your thoughts are on the impact of those final regs and whether or not they balance what they sought to balance, which was, you know, the employer interest in incentivizing workers to participate in these programs against those requirements that prohibit discrimination based on health status disability and genetic information. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the, the way that, um, you know, that I look at it is, and they really set out to clarify what voluntary meant, <laughs> you know, and, and what a health benefit offering is. And it appears to me that they are still allowing some pretty generous incentives to be in place for an employer. So I think that it's still very much alive for employers to be able to incent their employees to take a biometric test as long as it is something that the member is agreeing to as far as disclosing some basic health information and or taking a screening. So one of the things that we do at Health Advocate is we have what we call our wellness program coordinators because one of the we all know that health plan the wellness programs are very unique each employer wants their own absolutely program (laughs) and um, the success I think that we have found is that we need to assign a true wellness expert to each employer who's designing these programs so they'll work with the employers and work with the employer's legal team to really determine what their what their comfort level is in incenting their employees and whatever that is you know we're going to help them design a program design a program that really is going to encourage engagement and activity so i don't foresee it as ending you know wellness as being a, a key driver of improved health and productivity 
Sure. No, that's that's good to hear from you. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that we just thought was ironic about it is, you know, the ACA had really good wellness provisions in it. And this was yeah. sort of we were really at the council hoping that these would be sort of in harmony with that. And yeah. so we'll see where it goes. I think there's yeah. a couple lawsuits that are that are pending <laughs> out there. But um, I wanted to thank you, Kate, uh, yeah. for spending some time today and just sort of walking us through what health advocates up to and learning more about uh, the good work that you're doing. So really appreciate appreciate it. Um, and with that, uh, thank you for joining us um, for the council podcast. Uh, this is sound insights and new perspectives from the council.